The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. And joining us now on the Irish Network's hotline is Tennessee baseball coach Tony Vitello. Coach, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Morning to you. Sorry, I'm at our stadium trying to get away from the uh, the noise out here. How's everything going? Everything's great, coach. Everything's great. Are you are you online ordering some of those fresh Air Force Ones again for me? Size 12? What you got going? What you got no, going on over there, got- Tony? Uh, I and everybody else around here got our mindset on this trip. We'll leave tomorrow morning, fly down to Houston. So just trying to get prepared and uh, get everything organized for what will be a great tournament. Absolutely. Uh, Coach, got a chance to talk to uh, Seth Stevenson a couple days ago. I know he's from that area, grew up liking Texas. And uh, this is a big game for for him as well as uh, everybody else on the baseball team. But have you had conversations to him about – playing against your home school and making sure that he stays stays even and gets the job done? No, not directly. I think, um, you, you know, Ricky Martinez is our student coach. He was our former shortstop. He's also from that area. And I, I think those two have chatted. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of resources here. Danny helped us add a position last year. So um, it, it, it's kind of nice. I get to wake up in the morning and, you know, maybe suggest some things to these guys, but we have so many assistants that interact with these kids and serve as mentors, and I, I think that's something that's kind of gone on between those two guys. Tony, the last couple of years, uh, I've been trying to teach Wayne uh, some baseball lingo, you know, piss nice. missiles and, and pissing on the ball and, and pitcher shoving and, and so on and, and so forth. We've adopted meat stick here on the on the show thanks to you it's my favorite uh what what is your favorite baseball lingo uh out there oh man that's a tough one I, my, my brain goes into negative mode and i think <laughs> of the ones that i i hate more than anything is uh you know the old uh when a guy hits a ball somewhere we got a guy there um whether that's our guys doing it or the other guys doing it i'm not a fan um and then you know, the biggest one is the, the foul home run is always just a long strike, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd have to give it some thought and get back to you on what my uh, what my favorite one is on, on the positive end of things. Well, Todd, I want to get your permission. Uh, whenever there's anyone out there talking about, you know, Tennessee having fun uh, in the game of baseball and maybe not playing the game, it's, it's supposed to be play. Can I call those people meat sticks? Do I have your permission, Tony? <laughs> you, you certainly do and yes um, <laughs> and you can even pile on and add on to that if you'd like I, I think you know everyone everyone these days because of social media is whether they're entitled to their opinion or not they're going to get it um but you know the, the day and age of of all this stuff has, has changed drastically you know someone asked me about that coat our guys wear when they hit a homer I, I didn't know that was coming until day one if I had my druthers, nobody would really do any of that stuff. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was Josh Hamilton's years with the Rangers where they came up with something where if they hit a double, they would do it. And, uh, you know, that trend took off to where it's automatic. You hit a double, you got to do something. And, then you know, the home run thing is, has taken on new meaning as well. So 
you just roll with it. As long as our guys are, are doing their business the way we ask them to, which is pretty demanding in my opinion, then they've earned the right to be who they are and, and what they want to do. Tony, two weeks, two weekends in now, do you feel like the team is a, about where you expected it to be? Uh, if you would have asked yourself back in the preseason when, when you were gearing up for opening day? I, I think so. You know, on the pitching end of things, we got kind of a unique story there. We got two of our, you know, top four or five arms uh, that are, I'm going to call it rehabbing, but in a, in a throwing progression right now uh, where they're looking to get back on the field. Uh, so we weren't sure how that's going to go, and there's been steady progress, so that's been encouraging. Ethan Smith, the transfer from Vanderbilt, we didn't know till the very last day that he was going to be eligible. Um, ben Joyce is a guy who you just didn't know how this thing was going to go. And um, I think it's gone about as well as it can. And we knew he was going to get a lot of attention. So I'm glad it came on that one day early in the season so everyone can kind of manage that deal. And he's progressing. And then on the position side of things, we got what we thought we had. We had, um, you know, almost two lineups we could put together that could be very competitive, I feel, in any league. Um, But there's going to be guys as they get their opportunities that, I don't want to say rise to the top, but become the guys. And then, you know, it's inevitable over the course of a season. There's cycles, you know. Um, there's one guy has got the hot hand on the mound. There's a guy who gets hot at the plate or a guy who gets an opportunity and takes advantage of it. And I think those things will continue to go on. Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach here in the Swain event. Uh, you mentioned a little bit about pitching. Now, I want to ask you about uh, the pitching so far and, and the lineup that you have right now with the pitchers versus the pitching last year how would you compare kind of where they are right now at this point of the season this this group of pitchers versus last group last year's group of pitchers at this point in the season you know it it's uh it's a lot of new faces and you could say they're younger um but experience is a word that we could spend your guys whole show kind of talking about what you think it means and examples and things like that and I think the three young kids we've started on the weekend and then even Xander's kind of become our fourth starter he's a sophomore you know, none of them are old enough to, to go to the casino. Um, so don't let them in if you see them at any of those places. But but yet they've all, you know, pitched for high school teams and summer teams and, and even at our place or Georgia Southern for Dolander in, in, in big situations. So uh, I feel like they're they're more mature than what the, the label is on the roster next to their name. Um, and, and I think because of that, and the returning depth we have in the bullpen with guys like Sewell, Kirby, Mabry, Redmond, there's experience in the bullpen. Ethan Smith, even with his experience in the SEC already, I think you got a nice combination there. And I'm not so sure we're not deeper than we were last year. Um, I know we will be if those two guys come back the way we want them to be, we'll be deeper. And it's more of a, you throw Joyce in the mix too, it's definitely a more pro-prospecty, if that's a fair way to say it, group as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, all those positives that I think are in favor of this year's group doesn't automatically get you out. And uh, I want what Vol fans want. I want wins. Um, so we'll see if these guys are as effective as guys like Will Heflin and, and Sean Hundley. Tony, I, I know you maybe probably view it differently as a coach, but he, even if you didn't have Blake Tidwell and Seth Halverson in Knoxville, I think this year's pitching staff would prove to be pretty reliable over the course of the season, but just knowing you already have Chase Dolander and, and Chase Burns and, and several other key arms, and, and I feel like I always forget somebody when when somebody asks me about your pitching staff because there are so many capable arms, but just knowing that you, you already have what you have, but then you're going to be able to add a guy like Blake Tidwell 
and Seth Halverson later on the season as like a trade deadline acquisition. How excited does, does that just make you to think about it? Uh, it? It does. And I think, too, more in the here and now, I try and, you know, just be honest with you guys because you guys want to know what's up with those guys. And, you know, at this point, it's, it's just playing catch and it's going well. There, there's no guarantee what's going to happen with those guys. Um, but we do have our travel roster. You know, those two guys will actually go, too, to Houston. But our active travel roster is a group of guys like you're getting at that are fully capable. Um, and we'll pick up a free agent or two in that, in that group, too, within that group. And what I mean by that is Coach Anderson inevitably has done things like he did with a guy like Will Heflin, who was always a valuable piece at Tennessee, but he was never what he was, you know, about a third of the way through last year when he became a starter. And Frank spent a lot of time with him, and he just got better every week. And it was a it-takes-two-to-tango type thing. But I think with Coach Anderson's development with these guys, uh, there's going to be somebody that pops up that you're a fan of that maybe doesn't have a major role right now. And then if those other two guys jump in the mix too, it could get exciting. Just going to Houston this weekend, you've got Texas on on Friday, Baylor on Saturday, and uh, Oklahoma on on Sunday. Kind of a a preview for future SEC series in a way with Texas and and Oklahoma just – what are you looking forward to, to learning about your team this weekend? You know, I think to see how they handle being on the road. Um, you know, we expect our guys behave a certain way when we travel. Um, you run into fans that are maybe just neutral site fans. I mean, our fans are so easy to please and interact with, it seems like. Um, but you got to act like a pro in this league. And you, you may even get heckled on the road at a neutral site. You know what's going to happen in the SEC. So uh, I think this is a preface for – What's it like being at Hoover or for fortunate enough to play in a regional? Um, you know, what's it like in that kind of big setting that way? And then between the lines with the three teams you mentioned, I mean, literally two of them will be SEC teams, but you almost get a preview of, you know, what's it going to be like first SEC weekend. And uh, I know we've played some decent competition so far, but nothing is going to simulate it as much as this particular weekend will. Is Jordan Beck capable of clearing the train at Minute Maid? <laughs> yes, by far. Um, poor Cortland Lawson. He hit that one out of sight uh, the other day, and then it wasn't, but I believe, the next inning or four or five hitters later, and, and Jordan Beck hit it about 60 feet further than he did. Um, he, he's a special athlete, and I think the thing about him is he is so athletic, and he goes about it in his own way. He's, he's not – you know, super high energy like his buddy Drew Gilbert, but he, he is so eager to learn, and it's a nonstop deal where he's asking questions and trying to figure out how to do things better. I just think he, he's going to continue on this incline of improvement for, for quite some time. Tony Vitello, Tennessee baseball coach here in the Swain event. Uh, the synergy that, that we see between you and, and the, the football coach, Josh Heupel, basketball coach Rick Barnes, saw you there uh, at courtside. Uh, almost getting a couple of technicals yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we saw you with the Zakai Ziegler, uh, you know, Jersey. What, what's that relationship between the other coaches, that synergy like with the other coaches uh, here on Tennessee? Well, Coach Heupel, it's important because there's a lot of two, uh, kids that fancy themselves as two-sport athletes. And I would love for a kid to try that and stick with it. Of course, Trayvon Flowers – you know, um, did it for a little bit, and, and he's a great kid, but his future seems to be, or in my mind, hopefully in the NFL. But that that interaction's got to go on with the football staff. But 
Josh and I both worked at the University of Missouri, so we kind of share some stories that maybe we can talk about off air <laughs> there. And then uh, I had to educate our guys. I mean, I was a huge fan of his watching him play. I went to the Big 12 championship game that year um, that, that they won, and our guys don't understand that he was like a left-handed uh, Mahomes, really, um, with his athleticism and, and, and things that, that he could do on the field. Uh, and then Coach Barnes has kind of been a mentor to me. Him and Frank Anderson worked together at Texas. And so they had a relationship from the get-go, and, and they're, they're kind of colleagues reunited. Um, but for me, he's obviously a lot more experienced and has almost served as a mentor. We've had some good meals where we're just – he cracks more jokes than I do. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's kind of been a mentor. And then, you know, the weeklies at softball have just been unbelievable since we got here. I could go on and on, you know, Coach Penske with the women's soccer team. And it, it, it's kind of got that feel that we were craving when we got the job. J.T. and Stevie and those guys would talk about, man, in the early 2000s, yep. you didn't want to be the team not competing for a championship because then you, you were kind of the black sheep. Yep. And uh, it, it kind of fed, it, you know, one sport fed on another and the campus was, was kind of vibing. With Jarrell Ortega, Tony, is this the, the Jarrell Ortega that, that you envisioned when he got here? Because if I remember correctly, prior to uh, – or the fall of that COVID-canceled season, I mean, he was he was hitting the ball pretty well and generating some buzz as a, a true freshman before he got hurt. Is this the Jarrell Ortega you all kind of envisioned back then? Yeah, he, he was our best hitter in that fall, um, you know, leading into our, our Omaha season. Uh, and then prior to just, – just to date all the way back, Man, I loved watching that kid play in high school. He, he just always played with a passion uh, and also had a lot of ability at shortstop. And Coach Elander did a great job of committing him in, out of Florida. And after he committed and people realized how good of a player he is, a lot of people tried to get him to decommit from Tennessee. And he stayed loyal to us, which I'll forever be appreciative of. Unfortunately, he came in with Tommy John in high school, which is rare for an infielder, but he's always throwing the heck out of the ball. So, um, he misses that first year, but learned a lot in that second year. It's like, okay, here's our guy. And it, it just kind of faded for some reason. And this year it seemed like he went home over Christmas determined to make sure it didn't fade. And uh, when he's got his opportunity, which started on opening day, he really hasn't looked back. Tony, what's the, what's the, what's the message um, from the leaders on this, on this baseball team? They got a little taste of the World Series last year. You've added some new pieces, uh, but taste is just not good enough. We know your competitive spirit. We know how important winning is, and just getting close is not enough. But what what has been the message from the older players to the younger players about the mission and the responsibilities this year? Yeah, and I don't have like a finite, like this is the theme or this is the, the saying or, or, or end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you what does go on with this group is there's a lot of this is the way it's going to be, or this is what happens, or we don't allow this to happen. And uh, it, it saves me and I think the other coaches from some speeches or some direction. And it's very evident. And uh, no, no discredit to last year's leaders because I think we had some great ones. But I don't think the program kind of had the uh, locker room clout because there's got to be some sort of, you know, hey, I've done it before. I mean, you can't have one guy running around in there bossing people around and he's about as good as I was, you know. Um, these these guys have been there. They've done it. And uh, you just see a very firm message from some of these old guys, older guys, on this is the way it's going to be with certain situations. So when we talk about traveling on the road, 
Uh, normally, I'm kind of stressed out and making sure these guys know how to leave their hotel rooms and stuff like that. But I, I kind of have a sense of comfort that those six, seven guys that are the core leaders are going to be like, this is how we do it, and there's really no wiggle room. Tony, I've got two more quick things for you before we get get out of here. Uh, less serious uh, subjects. Isn't it true that the uh, the best high school baseball in the country is in uh, North Alabama, in, in Huntsville, Alabama, Jordan <laughs> Beck at, at Hazel Green? I played at Buckhorn, which is uh, Jordan's – a rival school. I, I believe you have a young man committed from Huntsville High School. So isn't it true that uh, Huntsville, Alabama hosts the, uh, the the best high school baseball in the country? It, it's a flat out hotbed, is is how I would describe it. But I would I would interject, and in all honesty and seriousness, we're going to the place I feel is as rich as any in the country, and that's you know no disrespect to SoCal, Arizona, heck, uh, Nashville with the population going up is crazy. West Knoxville, I mean. The Helton years, uh, if we could repeat something like that, would be fun. But I'm not so sure Houston doesn't have as many good athletes in, in all sports as any place there is. So we might have to go check out some high school games when we're not at Minute Maid Park. With you being in Houston, any chance that old friend Ross Kivett makes an appearance at Minute Maid like he did uh, yes. at, 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 in Omaha and, and, and finds his way back on the field yelling at the umps? Yes, please. Meet sticks. Well, Mr. Kivett will always have a home here in Knoxville, and he he became a uh, he definitely went out with a bang, and who knows he may, he may return one day. But they they've got their own series going on, and of course our staff interacts with him you know almost every day, and it's it's more non-serious as you brought up a second ago than, than anything. But they've got their own series, and I haven't even looked at how it will go. I just know that he and some of the other people, you know, Josh is from Texas, Coach Elander. Frank worked down there. I've got family down there. Um, so there's a lot of people that have kind of sent text messages and phone calls. Let's hook up. But at the end of the day, we, we got to go down there and, and handle our business. And we will get better as a team. I know I want what ball fans want, you know, win two out of three at a minimum. But uh, we will get better as a team in a lot of different ways on this trip. The support has been awesome, Coach. I mean, you've been awesome with our fans, and and our fans love you and your baseball team. I know there's going to be a lot of them down there uh, supporting your team this weekend uh, in Texas. And we just thank you so much for joining us and spending a couple minutes with us. Uh, really, really appreciate you. And man, good luck down there. Let's bring home some some dubs. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, if anyone going down there needs any help from our program, just reach out to us. Because when we went to Round Rock two years ago, I was astonished at how big of a following we had. But nothing astonishes me anymore with this fan base. So we appreciate them as well. So thank you, guys. Well, even on our text box right now where uh, people can text in, there, there's three, four, five people that have said that they're uh, packing their bags and, and heading down there. I love it. I mean, you can see us, but you can also see, I mean, UCLA, you name it. it it's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be in a great setting in the, in the Choo Choo Train Park. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. Tony, thank you so much, man. I look forward to having you on, having you on again. Let's do it, guys. Y'all have a great day. All right, you too.